0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Promise Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Church. And to see what else is going on around here at Promise, please visit us at MyPromiseChurch.com. We hope this message you're about to listen to ministers to you and changes your life. Enjoy. This morning, come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise. I love that song. I just believe that in the house today. I declare that. Oh, come on, somebody give him a praise this morning. I believe you can do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I'm so glad to be with you today. Stand with me if you're able to. I want to go into the scripture today. Give this worship team a great big hand. I love that worship set today. I know they put a lot of effort into that. I know they gave God their best today. I love that. I love that. I absolutely love that. Love that song. Um, not only love that song. I love that anointing. I love that faith. Um, and um, I was was walking by, up. I said, "Great job, Bobby." I lo- I love Bobby's voice too. Just. I feel more. Uh, I I I feel I feel like God didn't give me that that baritone gift. I don't know where Bobby go. I'm probably embarrassing him. Lord, give me that anointing. I I I received that. Don't tell me he can't do that. <laughs> uh, God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. I'm glad to be with you. Um, I want to tell you, if uh, you were with us last week, you'll know, but we started our summer revival. Um, We do this in the month of August. If you've been around Promise for very long, you'll know that we start the beginning of the year with 21 days prayer and fasting. That's our way of starting the year, setting the course, getting uh, the year cranked up. But then in the middle of the year, I feel like sometimes it's good to just have a halftime speech. Uh, just kind of get a a jolt in the middle of the year. And this is our way after the summer, after the travel, after the craziness of the summer. Our kids started back to school Wednesday. And um, while I love them being home during the day and the summer and all that stuff, it does give a little bit of a routine back to our house. And and I'm excited about that. So anyways, um, a lot of things are happening over this month. If you didn't grab a prayer journal last week, I want you to grab one today. In fact, maybe ushers help me if you need one. Um, raise your hand this is a a great little journal here gives you a prayer focus anybody need one raise their hand if they didn't get one last week raise your hand don't be shy don't be shy ushers are in the back they're grabbing some hold up hand up high if you want one or tug on their shirt as they walk by um i guess i guess uh, yeah there we go. There we go. Um, but it, it's a little prayer focus every day. It's a journal. Um, it'll it'll revive you, recharge you, I believe. Um, it just gives you space to say, you know what, today I'm praising God for this. Today I'm praying and believing for that. In the evening, I can say today uh, today's prayer focus has revived my whatever it is. Tonight I'm thanking God for whatever it is. Um, this will really, if you'll use this, I think it'll help you pray. I think a lot of folks don't pray because they don't know how to pray. In fact, there's no Shame in that because the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And that prompted the Lord to say, Pray like this Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I won't quote the whole thing. But I got the Lord's Prayer in there um, and, and just, um, just kind of draw seven kind of things out of there. We did a, a Lord's Prayer series a, a couple years ago and um, just kind of seven things there that, that just kind of help you pray. I've got in there, Pray in the Armor of God. Um, the, the, that, um, you know, stand in uh, not the, only the armor of God, but also the weapons of warfare. Um, and I've also got the tabernacle prayer in there. If you've never prayed um, these prayers, if you don't know what they are, grab one. And then also in the back, I say you can always combine prayer with fasting. It's like, I don't know if my theology is quite right on this, but it's like jet fuel for prayer. It just, it's an accelerant. So, um, uh Combine prayer with fasting. But um, we're going to have a worship night on the 28th. We're going to have prayer here every morning at 6 a.m. on that week of the 22nd through the 28th. Um, 6 a.m. to 6.30. It's real quick. You can get in and out, get on your way to work. Uh, we'll have a quick devotional, quick worship, time of prayer uh, individually, and then pr- prayer together on the way out. And so it's. Um, I think there's a lot of things this month that will revive you and recharge you. And then at the end of the month, I think it's really the first Sunday of next month, we're going to launch um, Life groups. so that's going to be a great day as well. A lot of things happening this month. Love for you to plug in as you come back from... From summer and vacation and all that good stuff. I hope you enjoyed. Love to get everybody, love how oh, this is a great crowd for the 9 a.m. Give yourselves a great big hand. It's a great, great crowd. I love seeing you all today. I'm going to go quick because I said uh, I would. 1 Samuel 17, verse 32. I'm just going to stay in this chapter this month. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go fight him. He comes out to that valley of Elah, and, and everybody's afraid. Everybody's cowering in the shadow of the giant. And David has enough faith to say, hey, don't lose heart. Last week, we talked about champion's heart. Um, and that was from that verse, but Saul replied, you are not able to go out. He just said it flat out. You're not able to do this. You can't do this. You can't fight him. You can't go against this giant. You're only a young man and he's been a warrior From his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Here it is, Nate. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, I struck it, uh, rescued the sheep from its mouth, then I then when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, I struck it, and I killed it. David had kind of a savage streak in him. And he says, your servant killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he's defied the armies of the living God. And I loved preaching that last week. He wasn't just defying David. He wasn't just defying Saul. He was defying God. Check the podcast. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear will rescue me. From the hand of this Philistine, Saul said to David, Go and the Lord be with you. I wanna just, I wanna preach the second one of this, and I'm just gonna call it Lions, Bears, and Giants. Lions, Bears, and Giants. Turn to somebody, welcome them into the house. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you to the band. Thank you, everybody. You know, last week, um, if you weren't here, I, I just want to give you a couple things there before we move forward with new material. But I would say s- sincerely, though, uh, check the podcast, YouTube, um, all that good stuff. If you're not connected to it, there should be a connect card in the seat back pocket in front of you. You could grab it, fill that out with whatever information you want on there, if it's your email or whatever. Um, we'll connect with you, and you can connect with us on any platform. It's My Promise Church. And um, the, the a, production team, the AV team, uh, the creative team, all the way through, they do such a great job, not only in service in the booth back there, uh, but recording and posting and social media posting and getting that stuff out every week. I want to give that team a great big hand today. They bless, um, they bless us. They really do. And um, it's a lot, of, a lot of work goes in there. So give them a thumbs up on Facebook and Instagram when you see it. Um, but uh, grab one of those connect cards. But it, what, what we covered last week was that, that David had a champion's heart. And, and where we got that from was it actually says, and this is good news for everybody, that God looks on the heart. It said man looks on the outside, but God looks on the heart. And that was encouraging to me as a young man. It's encouraging me today. And it should encourage you today. That while everybody else might look at your ability or your appearance or your last name or your family or your pedigree or where you came from or what, God is looking on the heart. And they said, well, Saul, he's, he's our champion and this and that. But they said, no, 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 I've rejected Saul. I found a man after my own heart. He's David. He's out in the shepherd's field. And, and He's going to be the one that I anoint. He's going to be the one that I call. He's going to be the one that I elevate. And so I just got to tell you today that none of that other stuff matters. What matters is your heart. What matters is your standing before the Lord. It doesn't matter my standing before Him or her or anybody, but my standing before God is what really matters. My heart is what really matters. My soul is what really matters. My salvation is what is what really matters. And so so we saw that, that that David didn't defeat Goliath because he was nine foot tall. He wasn't. He defeated Goliath because of his heart. Now, now we, we saw also that that life is a product of, of our choices and, and how we see the giants. I, I love to point out last week that we don't choose our giants. Sometimes giants show up. I didn't choose him. <laughs> Goliath showed up as said. You know, I'm okay fighting a seven-foot guy, but nine three is just a little, <laughs> I'd rather have a little less of a giant, maybe like a mid-range giant here. But we don't choose our giants. Sometimes they show up. Bankruptcy showed up. Sickness showed up. Failing health showed up. Problems in the family showed I didn't pick that, it just showed up. I didn't want to fight that fight, but it showed up. David on the hillside could have ran from the lion, but he ran at the lion. He could have run from the bear, but he ran to the bear. And so I can choose. I don't choose the fight. I don't choose the giant, rather, but I can choose to fight or not. And so while I don't choose the giant, I can choose to fight. And in the fight, I will see that God will prevail. And I love to think about that because David, when he woke up that day and his dad wrestled a teenage boy out of bed, David would have never imagined, I'm going to go deliver bread and cheese and I'm going to fight this Philistine giant. He thought he was just delivering supplies. And so he did not pick that fight with the giant, but the giant picked a fight with him he showed up at the exact same time that Goliath is coming out, taunting the people of Israel, taunting their God. And David says, he's picking a fight with us. I can't stand by and watch that. And so on that day, when David woke up, he never would have imagined what would have happened. But because he knew, I don't choose my fight, but I have chosen that I'm on the Lord's side. See when that battle comes I want to have already chosen what side of the battle line I'm on. That's why Jesus said you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and he was talking about money. But you can't serve God in this world. You can't serve God in sin. You can't serve God and 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 Satan. You can't serve you can't you got to choose now. Yeah. That's why Joshua said choose this day whom you're going to serve. If it's the gods on the other side, go ahead and do that. But as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. Because we got some giants to fight. We got some walls that need to fall. We got giants that need to fall. I'm choosing the Lord. I don't get to choose my giant, but I get to choose my God. And so don't live your life in the shadow of a giant. They were all cowering every single day, living in the shadow of a giant, living in the shadow of someone taunting them. And I'll tell you, a lot of God's people are living in the shadow of something that happened 10 years ago. They're living in the shadow of a circumstance, of an offense, of something that was just meant to be a momentary giant and they're still living in the shadow of it. And I like to tell people, it was a chapter, it's not your story. It was a season, it's not forever. It it, it was something you went through, but God can bring you out of. And so whether it's a season, a giant, an obstacle, a setback, I don't know what it is, but you don't have to live in the shadow of that giant any longer. You can grab that slingshot and let it go in Jesus' name. And I just want to tell somebody, God is bigger than the giant. He's bigger over every, over every battle, over every circumstance. Let the victory come. And I just got to tell somebody today, giants fall in Jesus' name. Amen. Giants will fall in Jesus' name. Here's the blessing of the giant, is on the other side of that giant, he was elevated, promoted. An anointed king. And so I, I, I want to tell you that, that a giant is the thing that the enemy has sent to distract you, discourage you, and to deter you from everything that God has for your life. Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, you do have an enemy. He didn't call him a giant. He was speaking about Satan. He said he's more like a lion. But in the context of this story, it's a giant roaming, seeing who he can devour. But Jesus says, even though he's roaming, he said, I have come. I'm right here that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So, so many folks are cowering under the shadow of a giant, not living life, stuck, falling down. Offended, afraid, wounded, broken. Notice none of the brothers were ready to fight. Even the king didn't want to fight. Uh, David's showing up seeing his, his principal from his high school, not willing to fight. Showing up seeing his baseball coach from second grade, not willing to fight. He's seeing his, his dad's buddy from, from down the street, not willing to fight. Saying, what's going on? Nobody's willing to fight. But David understood this that we see in Romans 8. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Romans 35, 35, 8.35. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, Goliath's sword. I'm adding that part. Don't add or take away, but I'm just saying. Danger, sword, whatever it is, could any of that separate us from God? The answer is no. It says in verse 37, in all these things. No. Somebody yelled no. It's there, right there. No. Somebody already said it. No. In all these things, we're more than conquerors. I'm not in the shadow of a giant. I'm a conqueror through him that loved us. Then he said, I'm persuaded that neither death, he just goes ahead and names all the giants, neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I just want to tell the church today, nothing can overcome what God wants to do in your life. Nothing can separate you from God. Nothing can separate you from his power, his love, his blessing, his provision. I'll just tell you this. For every promised land, there is a giant. For for every blessing, there's an obstacle. But you can understand it both sides of that coin. Also, for every giant, there is a promised land. (laughs) Now, you got to get that. I'll tell you, every time God has a promise, there's a giant between you and that promised land. But I also tell you, every time you see a giant, you ought to run at that giant. Because there's a promised land on the other side of that giant. So if you're facing a giant today, understand there's a promise on the other side of that giant. I want to give you a few things that because of the lion and the bear, David knew. And, and, and because of the lion, notice, I love the pretext he gives. He says, he says, Your servants defeated a lion, your servants defeated a bear, and this giant's going to be no different. But what that winning that battle over the lion and the bear taught him, the first thing I see is that he had courage over worry. It gave him. It gave him a righteous courage. Uh, I remember uh, in 2020, I, I did a message series on courageous because Joshua he kept telling the people. I can't remember how many times it was, but I remember bringing it out. He kept telling God's people, "Be courageous, be courageous. It, it, God's going ahead of us. Be courageous." It, and 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 David had that righteous courage over worry that everyone else had let set in. David comes to Saul and he says, don't lose heart. We saw it last week about what this giant is saying. Now you got to think about that. That's a teenage David, maybe like 16, telling the king, stop worrying, king, wake up. God's on our side. Uh, What are you doing? Now that situation was worrisome, it was scary, it was fearful. We looked at it last week that, that they were just living under that taunting every single day, every single night, and, and I, I love to preach that and I almost wish I could preach it again today because you know so many times we're listening to the enemy in the morning, we're listening to the enemy at night, we're listening to what Goliath's got to say about our life, we will listen to what Goliath's got to say about our family and, and our situation, but that's why something like this is important because I want to get with God in the morning and hear what? He's got to say. I want to get with God in the evening. Hear what He's got to say. I left my Bible on that front row. Don't worry, I got it right here. But my other Bible on that front row. But I want that—that that thing's the only thing that's not going to lie to you all single all the whole day. All right, all right. And so, and so, it was worrisome. They were listening to the giant. It was scary. It was fearful. But David refused to allow that fear to take hold. Notice it there in in 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to go to verse 32, 33. He said, don't worry. This translation, he says, don't worry. The other one he said, don't lose heart. But I love this. He says, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. The reason why he was able to tell the king, don't worry, is because David realized it's a choice to worry or to have faith and courage. Worry is something you either allow in your heart or you don't allow in your heart. Worry is when you allow what Goliath is saying to take root in your heart and you don't block it, you don't reflect it, you accept it and you allow it to live on the inside, then it becomes worry. Are you with me still? Somebody can say something and you have the ability to reject it or receive it. And so many times when root worry takes hold, we've received something that God wanted us to reject. That's why Jesus said, Don't worry about tomorrow. He said, Pagans do that, heathens do that. He said, Your heavenly Father will feed you tomorrow. I wish I had faith in the house. Your heavenly Father will feed you tomorrow. Your heavenly Father will clothe you tomorrow. Your heavenly Father will shelter you tomorrow. Your heavenly Father will protect you tomorrow. Your heavenly Father will be there tomorrow. So don't worry about tomorrow. That was a command. If Jesus came, I think, I think we take that command too lightly. If Jesus came and said, do not, right? If Jesus showed up and said, do not order pizza, Yeah, that might be a tough one. (laughs) Yes, Lord. (laughs) But we do worry. But he said, don't do it. He said, don't do it. Philippians 4 and 6 said the same thing. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And and, and praying about everything has a way of running off worry about everything. And, And so you can either pray about it or you can worry about it you can either pray about it or you can or you can fear about it why it's a choice and giant things come at us but you can either have the courage and faith uh, in the middle of it, to say, yes, I see the giant, but God is bigger. I see the, the, the storm cloud on tomorrow, but Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I, I see the problem tomorrow, but, but he's, al- he's from everlasting to everlasting. He's already in tomorrow. He's already making crooked paths straight. He, I, I'm going to have courage. So that definition of courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. And so here's what David said. David said, don't worry. (laughs) I love love this. I wish I was there for it. I wish I was in that tent. David looks at Saul. Don't worry about this Philistine. I'm just seeing him like pointing up at the king. Don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go fight him. And the king says, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're just a boy. He's been a man of war since his youth. And so David looks up at the king and says, don't worry. And the king looks down at him and says, don't be ridiculous. You're going to be one or the other. And sometimes faith is ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculous. I, I had to look it up. Ridic- ridiculous means it's worthy of mockery. He was mock- mocking, David, this is ridiculous. D- this, is, this, is, this is outrageous. This is, this is crazy. But you know what? That's how David lived. Because I remember David dancing, throwing off the king's robe, down to his undershirt. Maybe his undershorts, we don't really know. Depends on your translation. Right, and his wife Michaela said David you're being ridiculous this is outrageous put your purple robe back on get some decorum button your see if I can button this one button your jacket hubby and he says honey I can get way more ridiculous than this he actually said you ain't seen nothing yet when, when the presence of God comes by me, I just got to shout a little bit. I just got to dance a little bit. I just got to sing a little bit. I just got to praise a little. And it might be ridiculous to you, but that's okay. I've got to shout. I've got to praise. I've got to sing. I feel faith in the house. That's all right. Maybe just take a praise break right there. Hallelujah. I just I just think that maybe we're in good company if they say you're being ridiculous for Jesus. I'd rather be in the company of David than of Saul. I'd rather err on David's. That was a little too ridiculous. I ridiculous. I'd rather be on David than than Saul. I'd rather choose to be David. I I I sometimes Sometimes I I leave here, I'll be honest with you, I think, that was ridiculous when I preached. I preached that. That was ridiculous. (laughs) And all Sunday night, I'll think about it. Monday morning, I'll be like, you really said that. In a microphone, you said that. (laughs) You went there and that was ridiculous. And maybe it's the voice of Saul, maybe it's the voice of my pride, maybe it's the voice of Whatever it is, and I think that was that was too outrageous. That was too ridiculous. But I, I, I want to run that out and just say, I want my preaching to be a little ridiculous. Just it's a little, is a it was a little over the top. <laughs> you know, it was a little out there, but I want my praise to be a little out there. I, I want my preach. I want my faith to be a little bit out there. I'm preaching to a good crowd here in the nine. We're gonna have a good crowd in the eleven. I want to say god can can open the windows of heaven he can open a, a blessing, a property, a new building. I, I had somebody in the church a, a year or so ago tell me they said, you know there's people in this city that need a tax deduction and they might just they might be selling off property and and you can give them uh, uh, What's that letter we send at the end of the year? The tax letter. My dad was doing taxes for the offering. What do you call that? Somebody help me. Where's my wife when I need her? <laughs> she gonna be in the, she's going to be in the 11. Hang out for the 11. Um, anyways, the, the, the letter thingy, you know, that, that somebody needs a tax deduction on. The contribution letter. There we go. Sorry. There's people in this city that need a contribution letter. I don't know them. Maybe you know them, but God knows them. And God can bring us together. And I just want to be ridiculous enough to believe that God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. I got a couple of amens. One of them was a halfway amen. Kind of like, yeah, this is a little out there. It's a little ridiculous. Amen. But God can do it. God can do it. I want to raise faith. Faith is always going to be outrageous. Every time you see a miracle in the Bible, God asked them to do something that was outside of their comfort zone. At first, it might have been confusing. At first, it might have been outrageous. It might have been humbling. It might have been ridiculous. But I'll tell you that miracles are attached to an instruction And that instruction is a test of faith to see if you'll put that faith into works. Because without faith, work is dead. And and so some of those instructions we see in the Bible, they don't seem so crazy now because we've heard about it for years. But think about if you were Noah and God says, build a boat. Why? Why? Everything's fine because it's going to rain. What's rain? It's when the water comes down from the sky. Noah's saying, I never heard of that. Build a boat. He builds a boat. That was his salvation. You still with me? But we've read it so much. You heard about it when you were five in Sunday school. It doesn't sound crazy, but I guarantee you, for Noah, it was crazy. And nobody else went along with him except his own family. Abraham, go up the mountain without a sacrifice. Why? I'll provide a sacrifice when you get there. I want this mountain to be known as, as a place of provision forever so that you'll know I'm Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides a way out of no way. And we just we just accept that, but we forget. It's crazy to go up a mountain to sacrifice when you don't have a sacrifice. Isaac, sow in the time of a famine. I'm gonna waste the seed. There's no rain. It's bad climate. Isaac, sow in the time of a famine. Naaman, dip in the Jordan seven times. I don't want to get in that water. That's beneath me. I'm not doing it. If you want to be cleansed, you'll do it. It's crazy. It's outrageous. Elijah, Elisha, dig ditches. It's going to break the drought. And as big of a ditch as you dig is how much water you're going to catch. We ain't seen rain in a long time. Dig the ditch. It's going to break a drought. Dig a ditch has nothing to do with Rain cloud, dig a ditch and watch the rain fall. Sounds wild. We accept it now. Widow, get vessels, get pots. I know you don't have much oil, but as many pots as you can get, that's how much oil you're going to have. Get as many pots as you can, and you watch this oil multiply. You mean I'm supposed to pour? This little bit of oil into these other pots, into these other vessels, do it and watch the supply of oil that is only limited by the vessel. Jesus said, fill the pots with water. They went to his mom and said, what? She says, do anything he says to do and that water will turn into wine. Lord, what's this one lunch? Among 5,000 people, start breaking that bread and keep passing it out. Keep tearing that fish and keep passing it out. Keep tearing the fish. Keep passing it out. Lord, you came too late. Lazarus is already in the grave. Roll away the stone and watch Lazarus come out. Jesus didn't roll away the stone. He told the disciples to roll away the stone. Do something that God is telling you to do and watch what God can do. I want to tell you today, it might seem crazy, but do what God's telling you to do. Maybe there's somebody today that's never been baptized. Naaman was dipped in dirty water. We got clean water back here. You say, you want me to get dunked in water in front of everybody, change my clothes, come up to the altar, get soaking wet? Do something that sounds crazy. See what God will do in your life. You want me to serve in the kids' church? See the blessing in it. You want me to come to the altar and pray? There's a blessing in it. You want me to fast, go without food? There's a blessing in it. You want me to come at 6 a.m. and pray next, not next week, the next week? There's a blessing in it. You want me to come back on the Sunday night for the worship night when I just came to church in the morning? See what God will do? You want me to give in the offering? It's tough out here. Me to forgive enemies, bless those that curse, turn the other cheek. It sounds wild, but watch what God will do. It always sounds crazy until it works, it always sounds outrageous until the blessing comes. I love that song we just sang. I've seen cancer healed, I've seen metal plates dissolve. Somebody says, I'm gonna be healed. It sounds crazy when they say it until it happens. I wish faith would rise in the house. It sounds crazy until they got the doctor's report that says it's clear. The blessing sounds crazy until they wake up in the blessing and say, God's been so good to me. I can't tell it all, but God's been good to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah second thing is, he said, I was with a lion, defeated him. I was with a bear, defeated him. This giant's going to be no different. The second thing I think he, he, he valued was faith over facts. Saul told him, you are not able to go out. Verse 33, you are not able to. You're not able to do that. And what's interesting about that is Saul was right. You aren't able, in your own strength. Saul was being realistic. Saul knew the facts. Saul knew that, that David was probably about five, five. Goliath was nine foot three. You still with me? Saul knew Goliath's resume. He knew he'd been a champion since youth. So listen, Saul was right. Those were the facts. In his strength, if you're talking about hand-to-hand combat, you're talking about the tail of the tape, David, you've got no chance... I don't want to have to go to your father and and say, you know, he lost his son. I, I don't want to be the one that has to do that. Sword to sword, David, you've got no chance. There's no way that you can beat him. Goliath's spear was 25 feet long. David, there's no way you're going to get around that spear and get a death blow on him. He's got armor. He's got a sword big as you. He's got a spear 25 foot long. So when Saul said you can't do this, Saul was actually right. And there will be voices in your life that want to speak about the facts and they're actually right. But faith does not always look at facts. Faith finds another way. Faith is not rooted in facts. Faith is not rooted in sight. Faith is faith. Faith is in spite of what I see I believe God can make a way out of no way. I'm looking at a red sea, but I'm looking up to the God that can part a red sea. See, God told Moses, stop looking at the sea and see your salvation. Stop looking at the red sea and see your salvation. David was saying, stop looking at the giant and look at God. Stop looking at the facts and look at faith. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, I'm walking by faith and not by sight. And so Saul was considering all this stuff, but what he didn't consider is he did not consider David has a slingshot. And David's pretty good with that slingshot. But even still, when that slingshot's released, it's in God's hands now. It, 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 it's out of David's hand it's in the air and, and now it's in God's hand the wind is doing what it's doing but I remember the disciples said what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him so even if David was shaky and nervous and it had a it had a curveball on it What manner of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. God's up there guiding that stone in the air. It's in God's hand now. David understood it's in God's hands. You come with me with a sword and a spear. I wasn't planning on fighting you with a spear. I think it's 25 foot long. I was coming to you in the name of the Lord. And I'm releasing this stone, and now it's in God's hand. I'm releasing this prayer, now it's in God's hand. I'm releasing faith, now it's in God's hand. You know, facts will always get in the way. Facts will always get in the way. But I want faith, not facts. I love Ecclesiastes 11. It says, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If you're waiting for the perfect circumstance, you'll never do it. What else do you need? David's saying, we've been here for 40 days. He's been taunting you all for 40 days. If If we don't do this now, when? Jesus tells Peter, step out of the boat. He says, Lord, if it's you, I'll come. He says, Peter, step out of the boat. Right. Peter, you waiting for perfect weather? No, it's a storm. Right. Right. Are you waiting for a perfect situation? It's a battle. It's a fight. It's Goliath. <laughs> Just go. Let's go. That's why it said in 2 Corinthians, that same chapter, today is the day of salvation. Oh, yeah. oh. Today is the... Let me see 2 Corinthians 6.2. He says, in an acceptable time I've heard you, and in the day of salvation I've helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. I had somebody tell me one time that it had been in their heart to be baptized since they were a child. And I think they were about 40. And I told them, today is the day of salvation. Folks say, you know, I'm, I want to serve in church, but life's just got to slow down. Business just, it's, it's too busy right now. And I say, I don't think you want your business to slow down. And here's a little tip. Life is always busy. Life is always adding stuff to you. I, I, I've had people say, you know, I'll tithe when I make more money. The problem with that is then the tithe is bigger. You know what I'm saying? It's easier to tithe on 10 bucks. Then a hundred, I knew it was going to be quiet. (laughs) These are the things I go home, I say, that was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. (laughs) But some of y'all think it would be easier to tithe on a million. I'll tell you, it'd be harder. Because writing a $100,000 check is harder than dropping a single dollar bill in there. You're waiting on perfect weather. It goes on to say, if you watch every cloud, I'm going back, I know I'm, going, so I'm skipping back. Let me go back to that Ecclesiastes. He says, if you watch every cloud, they'll never harvest. Just like you can't understand the path of the wind or the mystery of the tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Choose faith over facts. I don't understand the wind. I don't understand how a baby grows. I don't keep it up there. I don't understand the activity of God. I don't understand creation. I don't understand the heavens. I lost y'all there somewhere. I don't. I, I don't understand any of it. But here's what I do understand: God is bigger than all of it. God set it all in motion. All of it is under God's care. So if I'll just release that slingshot, I'm releasing it into God's hands. And David realized, if I keep my distance... You know that thing they tell kids when they're dating? Leave enough space for the Lord in between the two of (laughs) y'all? I feel like David was saying, I'm leaving enough distance between me and that giant for the Lord in between the two of us. And when I release that stone... It's in God's hands now. It's in God's hands. And so I got to close. But Saul, Saul could only see Goliath with facts. David saw Goliath with faith. They saw the same giant, but they saw it with different lenses. And you have to see your life, your world, your battles, your giant through a lens of faith, not the lens of facts. You've got to see your marriage a different way. You've got to see your business a different way. You've got to see your children a different way. See, see serving a different way, giving a different way, see this world a different way, see prayer a different way, see your giant, your battles, see everything a different way. I think sometimes we're praying for a new thing, but God God is saying, I want you to get a new vision because if you see a new thing the same way you saw the old thing, nothing changes. But if you change your vision, see, God could give you a totally new thing. Give You you got a lawn mowing business, God gives you a house cleaning business. If you see it without faith, it don't matter what kind of business it is. But if you make God your business partner right now, That changes everything. Because you could change everything, but if you still see it the same way, nothing changed. So instead of looking for a new thing, get a God perspective and see the old thing a new way. You say, I just got to make more money. Maybe. Probably true. We can pray for that. But until then, let's look at the paycheck a new way. Let's look at the business a new way. Let's make God our business partner. It might be a lion, but God can slay a lion. It might be a bear, God can slay a bear. It might be a giant, God can slay the giant. Music come, I got to close. I, um, I, uh, I, I want to say one last thing, that God's word is always over man's opinion. Saul said, don't be ridiculous, you're just a boy, you're too young. But then he says, Goliath has been fighting since he was young. Saul says, don't be ridiculous. You're just a boy. You're just a boy. Isn't that what he said? Yeah, you're only a boy. But did you remember last week we saw in Acts 13 that God said, I found a man. And he said, well, maybe maybe God was talking about him later in life. No, no, no. He said, I found a man that's after my heart, and I've rejected Saul, and he's going to be king. And so, and, and, and so Samuel was saying, Lord, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't want you to reject Saul. And God said, no, I already did. I, I found a man. And then Saul called him a boy, but God was calling him a man. And so you have to choose, am I going to listen to man's opinion or am I going to listen to God's word? Because God's word said I'm more than a conqueror. Man said I'm in the shadow of a giant. But God said I'm more than a conqueror. Somebody at work told me it's, 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 it's hopeless, but God said he can provide in a famine. I, I know what the doctor told me, but I, I still believe Jesus is the great physician. I know what this, but I know that God is a healer. I know that it's tough, but God is my savior. And even the chapter before the chapter we're in all month, Saul had been dealing with a demonic spirit. He's a man of war and a musician. Um, they come to him and they said, he's a man of war and and, and he's a musician. That's what, I, I'm reading my note here. He's a man of war and, and he's a musician. So, People that knew David were calling him a man of war. God was calling him a man after his own heart. They're saying he's also a musician. And here's what I wanted to say is some of us are so desperate for someone to speak approval into our life that we forget that God has already approved us. God has already said, I'm with you, I'm for you. I've already overcome the world. Stop worrying if God's for you, who can be against you? And and you're looking for somebody to approve you or speak life over you and they're not assigned to you. They're not in authority over you. It didn't matter what they said over you. It matters what God said over you. If David would have waited for Saul's approval, he would have never got it because Saul was jealous of David. He would have never received what he received. And so I I just want to tell somebody today don't look for the approval of man. Don't let just anybody speak into your life. Do you want the approval of man or do you want the anointing of God? Am I listening to what somebody, I'm not listening to what somebody at the job told me about my life or my wife or my kid. What does God say? God says there's hope. God says there's love. God says there's salvation. God says there's rest. I don't need what you, I need what God said. And so you're looking for somebody to speak into your life that has no authority over you. They have have no right over you. And and furthermore, you're missing the people that are speaking faith into your life. Because Saul was calling him a boy, but other people that had heard him worship lead and knew about the lion, the bear, they said, he's a man of war. Here's what I want to close with. David said, give me a shot. Let me go after this giant. David recognized it was an opportunity. And here's what I love so much, and I wanted to share this with you. Goliath, it actually means to uncover, to reveal. This is part of his name. It means to uncover. It means to reveal. Goliath is a revealer. Your giant is a revealer. Your giant is telling on you. Your giant is revealing where your heart is. Your giant will reveal where your faith is. Your giant will reveal how great your God is, what side of the battle line you are. But ultimately, Goliath revealed how wobbly his legs were. Your giant will reveal your calling, your gifting. Your giant will help you discover greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It was my giant that put me on my knees to pray and revealed to me the power of prayer. It was the giant that caused me to lift my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. It was the giant that put me on a fast. It was a giant that put me on my knees. It was a giant that put me on my face. It was a giant that put me in this book. It was a giant that revealed to me that even in the valley of the shadow of death, he's with me. He's my rod. He's my staff. And even in the valley, he was faithful. I mean, it was the giant that made me realize God is greater than any giant. Stand with me. altar appeal today I feel faith in the house and I feel like we've still got time and I just if I drove anything home today I want to drive this home once you release that stone it's in God's hands when you release that prayer it's in God's hands when you release faith it's in God's hands when you do what you can do God will do what He can do. When you say, Lord, I'm repenting of that thing and I'm never going back to it, you've released it. You've let it go. When you get into this waters of baptism, you're releasing it. That's like releasing that stone. I'm releasing it. I'm setting it free. I'm letting it fly. It's in God's hands now. That that thing in your family, that thing in your marriage, that thing on your job. Lord, I'm releasing that prayer of faith on these 21 days. I'm releasing it. I'm letting it fly. Now God's in control. He's the one that controls the wind. He's the one controlling that stone while it's in the air. (laughs) I love to think about that. David could have missed him by a country mile. God wasn't going to let that rock miss. And what I love about it, it was the first stone, Brother Oz. Said he went and got five. He had five right here. He didn't need the other four. God said, I got to close. I want to pray over you. I want to invite you to come. What can you release? Every head bowed, every eye closed. What can you release in faith today? What can you set free? What prayer can you send up? What do you need to raise faith on? What do you need to chase fear out of? What what, what kind of fact do you need to say? I don't care about that. What what faith do you need to rise up today? What prayer do you need to pray? What sin do you need to repent of? What what error do you need to get out of your life? Maybe Maybe I'm talking to somebody today that needs baptized. Needs to receive God's Spirit for the first time. I don't know what it is, but I'm inviting you to release it right now. I'm inviting you to come. Music sing. I'm inviting you to come. I'm Moving opening this altar today. Immovable. I'm opening this altar. anybody would come. Would just join as a sign. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Share this message with a friend, and don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.